0: I'm joined today by Jason Lynette, the host of the five star rated Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, which has been downloaded more than a million times. He has helped thousands of coaches, hypnotists, and others achieve business success while doing what they love. We'll find out how right now on the Essential Coaching Skills podcast. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills podcast a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams so sit back and relax or sit up and get excited either way you might want to pay attention this could be important
1: Excellent, Lynette. It is so nice to see you. How are things? Hey, Doug. Awesome to be here and awesome to reconnect with you. Going great.
0: It's good. I am sitting at my uplift desk, which I bought because of you. Um, (laughs) So if there's
1: any one takeaway from this event is that if you're like me and you're about five foot four and you've become an expert as to how many books do you put under your laptop so the cameras at eye level uh both doug o'brien and myself endorsed the uplift desk the
0: uplift desk (laughs) yeah well i only got it because of you but um yeah i was a number of years ago just just for the record um i was looking to do basically what i am doing now which is doing podcasts (laughs) and doing online trainings and i'd set up an office in manhattan that i got through melissa tears center and soundproof the joint you know i put new lighting in there. yeah big production and then i Got a basically a shopping list from you of things that I would need. So I got this, this stand for my microphone, I got this clamp to put on it, I got this circle light at, you know, specific circle light, I got this uplift desk, I, I I got
1: carpeting, for. I did like everything, which clearly being in the coaching industry, this is why we got into the work, right? All right, this exactly is what we're really friend. looking at <laughs> <laughs> the stuff we didn't plan on becoming experts at
0: <laughs> and then and then i was all ready to go january february 2020 i said okay i think maybe i'll launch somewhere in like april <laughs> but then march 2020 happened in new york and it's like covid what and i Dropped everything. I moved to my little country cabin in uh, upstate New York with my laptop and
1: started doing those things Yeah, on a laptop with none, none of them because they're all back in New York. at the th- This is where we have a bit of a funny conversation because here you are hosting your podcast. I host two podcasts, not that it's a comparison or a competition, yet it's where I can't resist sometimes dipping into host mode as well. Yet, I know the work that you do, you've been influential massively to what I do uh, in many ways, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point here, too. Uh, what, what did you find you were having to do in terms of modifications, let's say, to introduce the online idea to people who, over time, we kind of figured out, okay, so this is our option right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were you doing in those early stages of bringing up the idea of the online work to people? Well, I, I literally had no idea how it, how it would
0: translate to online. I was teaching sleight of mouth classes every six months, a year or whatever, in live classes. And and then I thought, well, I, 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 not, I don't have anything to do with that stuff with the podcasting stuff. So I, maybe I'll try a, a Zoom sleight of mouth class, see how that goes. Yeah. And and I thought that, you know, I'd get my usual 10 to 30 people you know somewhere in there. And I got like 150 people signed up for the
1: thing. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought,
0: well, okay, this this could be good. This could be this could be a, a, a thing. And so, you know, gradually I <clears throat> moved my desk and all those things that I'd purchased for the office in Manhattan because it closed, and I've got all the stuff out of there brought it up here and so it's a little bit more professional now than it was yeah. at the outset. Um
1: but Luckily, yeah. though, we, with the camera, we just need like a small window to be passable. Everything else could be held together with uh, rubber bands and band aids. And it was. Yeah. I mean, almost literally. I was. I, I've got I, I, you know, right now, I've got this really nice sort of cinematic background behind me with a bookcase and some lighting back there. I won't tell you what's piled up on top of the desk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's from our. It's from our shared common background of both hypnotic language patterns and NLP. That really framing is everything, and whoever sets that frame and maintains it really directs the conversation right. so I had been doing I had been doing online work since prior to like two thousand and thirteen two thousand and fourteen before before some of the technology was ready for it you know that 's where it would be we 're going to connect on skype uh, remember right. that one here 's how if the connection drops, which it will uh, here 's how we 'll handle that. And I used to live in Northern Virginia and Northern Virginia is known for its horrendous traffic around the Northern, you know, DC area. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was there was this need to make things more convenient for people. And out of the person who might've been five miles away in Annandale, Virginia, for him to go from Annandale, Virginia to Springfield, Virginia, it's five miles, but that's 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the discovery was that, oh, wait a minute. He just did. This man had a fear of public speaking. He was a lawyer. And most of what they did in their practice, it was about how can we not go to court? How can we do everything as a settlement? And they would do everything in the offices. They'd bring in the other uh, opposing counsel, and they'd do the meeting in their location. And anything they could do to avoid going to court because then there were more fees. That's when things got more challenging. That's when they had to juggle more moving pieces. And I didn't predict this, but now I claim it intentionally because that's often how we discover things. End of our appointment, he says, you know what's amazing? I'm sitting right now with my laptop in the room where we do these settlement meetings. And just now I feel so much more comfortable walking into this room. You and I both know this as anchoring connecting a sensory experience to another sensory experience and even as early as then 2017 2018 as a hypnotist there's three reasons why online hypnosis is just as effective as in person if not even more the first is once the hypnotic process begins you close your eyes and you listen to me so if that's the case it really doesn't matter whether or not we're in the same room exactly second of all credit to howard cooper in the uk for this lovely little sentence. Second of all, having had some nice, impressive looking offices over the years, the change never occurred in the office. The change occurred in your head. Mm-hmm. So you know what, Doug, wherever you've got your head, you work. <laughs> <laughs> and third of all, and this is part of my history as to why I started doing more online work before it became a necessity, which is the fact that you weren't smoking two packs a day sitting in my office. Right. You weren't getting upset with your family and emotionally eating in my office. You didn't right. have this fear of public speaking in my office. So let's do the work in the environment where you want to notice the change. This way we can eliminate the fingers crossed, wait and see, hope it works. <laughs> yeah. Instant gratification, yeah. this thing is already in motion. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a,
0: it's so it, so valuable to test the work when you're doing something like that, like an elevator phobia. Let's go
1: to the elevator and see let's go up form. top. See what happens. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, so yeah, very, very, very good points. So I'm so happy to see you, and I'm happy to see you uh,
1: on Zoom because I would hate to have to travel to Virginia. Um, you, you don't in Florida, live in Northern. I'm in, Northern? Now. I'm in Florida now, and it's uh, today. It's 82 degrees here in Orlando. When did you
0: move to Florida? Uh,
1: so again, business had already moved online. A friend of mine. The disclaimer to this is: I love uh, his name is John Cook. He's a copywriter in the business world who says that you should never take advantage of people. However, it's okay to take advantage of an opportunity. Mm. And so as the world stopped in March of 2020, my wife, Michelle, had had a telecommuting job for at that point about seven, eight years. She's in the 10 years with this company so far. We were kind of unhappy with the, not quite the quality of education, but the solution that in Virginia, they introduced for virtual school, which, Mostly came around to the fact that, hey, we have two kids. Is there a way like we can stagger this? Are there other options that it was too much juggling? And we decided, okay, for at least a year and turn into a year and a half, let's homeschool. And it takes a village. My uh, father-in-law was teaching history. He was teaching science. Uh, My wife was doing um, English as well as sort of more social studies types things. Um, We've all at times said, I wish they taught this in school. And so we did. We added segments for, at the time, our seven and nine-year-old on personal finance mm. and cooking. We've now got the eight-year-old who's offering to cook eggs for the entire family because nice. we made a section on that. And in the midst of everything, all of my classes had mostly migrated online prior to the pandemic. And we kind of looked around and went, why don't we do this somewhere else? Yeah. And so the first thought was we'd always vacationed either Orlando or Daytona Beach. Let's sell the house, put everything in storage, come down, hang out for a bit, then come back and buy the next house because we were already planning on moving and just clearly things got sidestepped a bit. And simply the more we ran the strategy, the more we planned, the more it became cost of living, quality of schools. And this one specific part of Orlando was top-notch. And we didn't have much of a reason to go back. Uh, And as business had already expanded online to the different podcast brands that I host, uh, I no longer needed to hold on to the identity of a business that was called Virginia Hypnosis. So there's a line, I have a background briefly working in backstage production and professional theater. And it's a line from uh, vaudeville theater that the amateur changes their act, the professional changes their audience. And rather than going, what can't I do if I move? What can't I do if I'm out of a different location? What am I now creatively forced to do differently and problem solve in new directions? Which of all people, there was an interview with George Carlin one time where he talked about why he kept doing HBO comedy specials. He goes, well, yes, first of all, they pay me a lot of money. <laughs> but second of all, Comedy is not like music. If you go to see the Eagles and they don't do hotel California and all their other hits, you get upset. He goes, but if they come see me and they do the same see the same act that I did on HBO, they're upset. Mm -hmm. So I burned the material by publishing it on television. So then I have to go back to writing and start something new. Interesting. And that's always been a, that's always been a motivational strategy of mine to go. It's not what can't I do? It's instead uh, in the words of, Lauren Michaels. We go live at 1130, whether we're ready or not.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And yeah. So moving everything a thousand miles south and uh, not quite reinventing, but amplifying the parts of the business that I was the most excited about continuing.
0: That's very cool. And it is true. I mean, I'm, i as I told you before we started on air, I'm, I'm talking to you from my living room in a cottage cabin little tiny house in in the hudson valley of new york state i had this office all set up in manhattan but i don't need that and i haven't been there for
1: two years and it's just working just fine right yeah. up here. as long as we have internet and electricity nice yeah. <laughs> i believe our neighbors told us we're on the same power grid as a hospital and universal studios oh so, you're lucky uh, we should be we should be good on power now that i tell you what that.
0: we we lost power here last week for because of an ice storm you mm-hmm. probably don't have too many of those in Orlando, but not, not you have hurricanes manner. occasionally. But um, at any rate, we were without power for three days. We had, I do have a generator. So you mm-hmm. can gasoline, as long as we had gasoline, we had power, but we did not have internet. So that's a, you know, my wife and I are both working from home. So
1: without that, it's like, oh no. I have had the moment. Uh, so in, in the move, and this was an interesting experience. We We knew we wanted to come down here. We didn't know where. So the thought was, let's rent in different locations. So like we packed up the two kids and the two dogs and brought enough stuff with us for the summer months. And it was uh, the two cars drove down and we started in New Smyrna Beach, which is just like, I don't know, the geography still uh, near (laughs) Daytona Beach. Then we moved over to the Gulf Coast and spent some time in Clearwater. And the decision was easy because it was that, hey, every time we went somewhere, with the kids, it was, let's go to Orlando. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's settle here. Yet along the way, it was finding the Airbnb that either had an extra room or had the ability that I could um, take over a corner of what was our bedroom in that one month rental. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a whole series of videos online where it's like every episode was in a different location. And that's no, why God invented virtual backgrounds. That well, I never did that. I wanted. <laughs> right. I was. I was rather than hide the story, I put the story completely out there right. as to, right. hey, we saw an opportunity to, you know, not defer the retirement lifestyle and start living it right now. Right. So I will tell you, Doug. There were a few moments where, <laughs> all right, I'm te- like your story with the slide of mouth glass okay, I've got 36 people signed up for this event. They've all spent about $2,000 to be there. The internet is not working. I will give a Marriott 200 bucks for the day. And it did have to become the cost comparison as to <sighs> they expect me to be there. And I'm not, I, I could say, hey, we can't do it today. But no, I've made a commitment. Right. So let's find a way to make it work. Yeah. So let us talk to you about
0: coaching and about the essential coaching skills that we uh, know and love. Um, you and I are both hypnotists. We've been doing this, for, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but long time, professionally, certainly. And um, doing much of our work online now, as we've been saying. What this podcast tends to focus on, for the most part, is essential coaching skills, skills that are essential for being a good coach. Now, you also have a great um, facility and, and ability to teach and show people not only just how to, you know, get the right equipment for a podcast, but also how to work smart, you know. Hey <laughs> in, in so, so you can have a a good sense of making a living as a coach, or as a hypnotist, as a, you know, whatever. So, could you tell us a little bit about that? You know, what is this work smart hypnosis that you've got going, and uh, what is what's?
1: Tell us more. Yeah. So let's let's kind of start with the top down first, so people kind of see the roadmap of the two different audiences that I tend to speak to these days. Correct. So I still see clients. You're right. Hypnosis was a hobby uh, from like 2001 until 2007. Someone came to my university and did a stage hypnosis show. And I went, oh, that's cool. And went online, ordered some books. And of course, I didn't know what I was buying. So all the books were about hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. not the entertainment side that I was expecting to learn. Yet I read every bit of it cover to cover. Uh, it's 2007-2007 that things began to take shape in a more serious tone and moved then from Baltimore to Virginia. And that's why we then called it Virginia hypnosis. That mm-hmm. would have been a horrible name. If been in Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the framing is everything, but it was just easier to say it's just go see Jason. So a dozen years of seeing a couple of thousand clients and over time seeing that there's a lot of our shared world. And this is something I appreciate about what you do. A lot of our shared world, there's people who often complicate things for the sake of complicating things. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, so many of these principles come back to the same core basic formulas. And it's at times just different dressing in terms of how we get into it. Mm -hmm. So be aware at times just to ask the question, what's this method actually doing? What's actually making it work? And it helps us to kind of pull back and go, oh, here's the mechanism that's creating the change. Rather than this specific set of words, perhaps. So these days, there's two core businesses. Uh, one section, as you alluded to, is Work Smart Hypnosis, which uh, was built from the ground up back in 2013, 2014 to really be more of a professional presence for the industry, teaching hypnotists who already do hypnosis how to do hypnosis better. And the thing that surprised me and helped to facilitate this big lifestyle transition that we just went through was that over time that became the number one source of my clients Mm -hmm. which it shouldn't be because that's a program where I'm interviewing outstanding people like you (laughs) that's where I'm teaching methods of how do you work with the clients with hypnotic techniques or teaching some of the business acumen of how to bring those people in and it's that discovery that sometimes what we put out to the world takes on a life of its own. And quickly I had, as we officially call it in the Harry Potter world, muggles, regular <laughs> everyday people calling up and saying, hey, I found this show. I listened to a few episodes. Um, I'm not the audience, am I? It's like, well, it's you know meant for a professional audience. It's not like there's secrets. There's some of us who teach it. Uh, yet, what would you like to work on? And that became the number one source of clients, which is where we kind of tested the waters to start to quiet down the uh, regional Virginia brand. Other side of things, though, came about from a slight frustration that there are some, as soon as you attach a helping mentality to a profession, there are some who may have some personal health belief systems around money, some blocks around charging for their services. Mm -hmm. At times, if I was talking about business methods to make your phone ring and have clients come in, you know, so you could actually use the coaching skills that you have, I used to have to do a much bigger inoculation around it's okay to earn money. It's okay. This way you can attend conventions. And uh, here's a rare moment it's where it's wonderful now that I have competition in that market who also teaches business. Which was a gift now, because there's enough of us sharing that dialogue that I don't have to do that inoculation. Mm, yeah. Yet, what and happened and was, yet,
0: and yeah, Jason, I will say that the idea that it is okay to
1: earn money is still something that people go like. People still struggle it with it, yeah. Yeah, when you know, my, everything I come around to, and this is the other brand of uh, connected to a podcast called Hypnotic Language Hacks, bringing people into a community called Hypnotic Influence for Premium Sales, of which my hypno crowd fits inside of, yet we also have therapists, we have personal coaches, business coaches, we have financial advisors, we have lawyers in that group, we have a larger community in that group of different backgrounds. And that was designed for solving one specific problem where you know your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. And in a world where oftentimes we're hesitant around asking for the sale, the solution now becomes we need to communicate in such a way so that our ideal clients are wanting more from us even before we make the sales offer. How do we ethically facilitate the situation where, like a magnet, we're attracting in the people who are a fit for what we do and you and I both love modifying language, respectfully repelling away the people who are not an ideal fit. And create the world where as much as I use the phrasing of hypnotic language hacks, it's not about the clever closing strategy or the objection crusher. It's a whole system of ethical influence to have people selling themselves into it. So at the end of a sales consult, perhaps we might just have to say, okay, I've got Tuesday in the morning. Is that a fit? And that's the sales journey. Because everything else we've done up until that point has crafted that message. So I wanted to share kind of that overview of it. Because as we get into the exact strategies, the the real takeaway that I had was the journey from stuck inside of a problem to now moving into the solution was nearly identical to confused buyer to satisfied buyer. Okay, that's really that's good. That's we're that's always moving towards a common shared outcome, and as that's soon a as beautiful we step thing.
0: A certain... So let me just stop you there because that's that's a great way for people who are coaches or hypnotherapists or whatever they're really good at that one thing which is to help the, per- the client go from where the problems or stuck state is to the solution state but you're saying that is really the same
1: journey it's you- an almost identical journey uh it sounds like a scientific statement <laughs> it's more anecdotal of course yet we're always selling the next step of a solution so yes sales marketing advertising promotion whatever words you want to use often get a bit of a bad reputation but only because we've been on the other side of someone doing it badly. Well, doing it badly, or you've used the word a few times now,
0: ethically and respectfully. Right. Those things are often missing from the sale. Which which I
1: tell a quick story of this, that when we do the sale properly, yes, it may help us in our business briefly. It may cover this liability of ours. It may put the money in savings. It may cover this expense, perhaps. Um, We can see that the Sale helps us, but it has the potential to help the client for a much longer time, if not their entire lifetime. And again, as so many people would have this block around asking for the sale, sales is noble as long as you're working to solve someone's problem. And it comes around to the quality and the quantity of the impact you can create in people's lives is directly proportionate to the quality and the quantity of the opportunities you can create so that people see what you offer to them as a viable solution. So it's from that filter, you know, people look at the fact that I do one podcast, then I launched another, then we created these pop-up Facebook communities where there's a couple of live stream events that happen on a regular basis, on top of that training events, on top of that um, still seeing clients myself, and there's a invisible digital team that makes things look prettier than I know how to do that helps to make that happen. I hand off the audio of my podcast and someone else edits it. And then I hear it as it launches with everyone else. Yet there's this internal dialogue of, again, back to impact where my internal filter is if I'm getting blocked on something, if I'm getting stuck in my own mess, Mm -hmm. the language has to shift to how dare you not make it easy for people to find this. (laughs)
0: And to put that,
1: this is that solution for uh, what people label as imposter syndrome. Take that emphasis off of yourself, put it to that relationship and what impact you can create in someone's life. Yes, we can get, you know, like a marketer and say, there's 10 spots left in this calendar thing. Uh, Instead, no, the more time you're not spending optimizing your business and implementing the right strategies. Yeah, okay, it's money left on the table, but those are lives you're not yet impacting. So let me, let me stop you and, and ask you this. If, if, a,
0: if one of our listeners is listening right now who has that feeling like it's not okay to earn money, to take money for helping people, that, you know, you should be benevolent like Jesus, you know, and, and if you can help people, you should help people out of the goodness of your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's not okay to earn
1: money for that. If somebody is listening and has that belief, what would you say to them? I would say it's not a matter of belief in the money. What I often see as the rapid path to resolving that is truly understanding the value of the service that you provide. I, I go back to a man who I worked with who had a fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And the whole experience was, it's one of these corporate groups that uh, there's like eight different vice presidents in the company and four of the spots are open. And he's thinking to himself, No one here knows me because I'm hiding. I'm finding ways to back out of meetings. I'm the one sending the snarky email. Hey, can this email, can this meeting just be another email sequence? Why don't we just launch? There's a project management software called Slack. Uh, Why don't we just launch a Slack channel and just keep a dialogue going rather than the meetings? He was getting creative to find a way to back out Mm -hmm. of these things. Yet, with the skill set he had, he goes, I'm ready for one of these leadership roles. And he saw the fastest pathway to get there was to stand out, which involved getting over the fear of public speaking. I have to fast forward the story like two years after I worked with him and I get this phone call and Doug, you know, when someone's speaking and you can hear in their voice that they're smiling, (laughs) he calls me up. I recognize the name right away. So I, I take the call as soon as I can. And the conversation leads to, Hey, Jason, I've got a brand new problem. And I already know where he's going, where he's like, well, first of all, you've changed my life. I got over my fear of public speaking. I'm now running the meetings that I was trying to put an end to. And because of that, I got promoted not once, but a second time. The new position, the new position pays me about $60,000 more a year. There's some travel benefits where I have a little bit more flexibility with my schedule. In this role, hey, he was ready. In this role, I can work from home one or two days a week. And this has been amazing. I couldn't have done it without you. However, I was waiting for the but. (laughs) However, I'm now having to manage a team of people. And it's a bit of a cutthroat environment. And I have to say the amount of added stress is worth the extra money. So that kind of excuses it, but there's some days that I bring the stress home and I'm irritable to my family or it's keeping me up at night. I wouldn't have had this problem if you hadn't have helped me with the first thing. And he said something that I love. And I always highlight it when I tell the story, he goes, Jason, I know you taught me some techniques I can do on my own. uh, Yet I know I get a better result faster and easier when I work with you. Mm -hmm. How soon can I come back in? And we worked on that and happy ending once again. I come back to the story because at the origin, it was this singular sort of surface structure problem of public speaking. Right. By the time we were done, it was elevation in status. It was increase in confidence. It was repairing a family dynamic. It was uh, two years, an extra $120,000 of income. And here's all these massive things. Let's not get too dark on this, but here's what stress can do to the body, and now he's sleeping better. And that's clearly mm. going to have some other benefits. Yeah. I look at moments like this. Here's the guy who, yes, he quit smoking. Yes, he's healthier now. Uh yes, he's now keeping four thousand dollars of cash in his pocket because he's not buying cigarettes. Right. Yet by implementing the right influential ethical sales process in our conversation, we suddenly hit on the fact, and I can hear him tearing up on the call, not for the sake of trying to twist the knife, but hey, I didn't grow up with a father. My dad was apparently a two-pack-a-day smoker, unfiltered mm-hmm. cigarettes, and he died when I was four. I only have one memory of the man, uh-huh. and this is his story. He goes, I've got three kids that are all under five years old, and I want to be there in their lives. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my dad never met his grandkids and like here's the value we're creating in someone's life and if we're sticking in that surface structure if we're staying in the as i say it the commodity role of dollars for hours or yeah. this yeah. modality this one uh it, it's that's where we start to see the real value we represent to people and how dare you not make that available to people
0: <laughs>
1: and and you only need a couple of experiences giving it away for free to get politely reminded <laughs> that well, when someone invests, they're going to be more serious to take it on. For sure. Absolutely. Which, notice yeah, that's the out. last thing I said. That's not the main focus of it. See, it is- see the value in your services and you see, I call it a value added offer. Uh-huh. because The value is going both ways when it's done appropriately. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Hey, can I share uh, a method to make that? Please? Little yeah. For people? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this has implications in both personal change work as well. Because look at the story I just shared of the stop smoking person at the core of what happened there is something that I know you teach beautifully inside of sleight of mouth patterns, but let's kind of pull back and just put this into a category header of the moment you change the criteria of a decision, it becomes an entirely different decision. For that man, I would say I I use some sound research-based techniques in our session together Yet I probably got the change when we hit that emotional chord as to why he's really quitting smoking. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I foreshadowed, here's the part I want you to listen for, because clearly we're about to do this work to help you to change this habit. Uh, Yet, if you listen for technique, clearly about halfway through, I'm never going to bring up the cigarettes again, because that's already going to be behind you. So now we can work on your solution. We can work on you being this father that you're clearly here to become and from that point we hit the right emotional button that was really his trigger for making this decision and that session didn't need to be the old school they're going to smell bad You're they're right. going to taste like ground up cockroaches because that's <laughs> not that's not what he needed All right so if we can ethically change the criteria upon which someone's making a decision we stand out as the logical and respectful expert in that situation and understand If there's any therapist in this group, more so let's say in a licensed mental health category, uh, which in most of that world, it's, hey, here's my insurance. Who can I go to that I've already technically paid for? Exactly. If we can change the criteria, that's where now you might have a specialty. I like the word niche rather than niche because niche rhymes with rich, but (laughs) now you have an ability to stand out. So most often, In all of our services, and I run into this with my health coaching people, my personal trainers, even my hypnosis people, my counselors, my business coaches, people are asking very surface structure questions. How many sessions? How much is it? Because in the early stage, they don't yet know what they don't yet know, and they don't know what they should be asking. The best illustration of this is someone who, his community is probably not listening to this, though they should damn it. Uh, And he (laughs) was in the business of credit repair. And someone gets into trouble with their credit card, they miss a payment, their credit completely drops. And there's services out there that basically swoop in and help to negotiate with the credit card uh, reporting companies and fix your credit, basically. He discovered an amazing problem in his business. His clients kept coming back to him which sounds like a good problem to have yet. His job was to basically fix the mistakes (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that they messed up their credit again. Well, they didn't learn their lesson the first time. Uh, To this man's credit, he connected with communities similar to what you and I are speaking to here. He became a personal coach. He went through life coaching training. Mm -hmm. And the whole struggle why he reached out to me was, well, they don't want coaching. They just want me to fix their credit. I go, well, it's not that, this will sound familiar. (laughs) It's not that they don't want you to fix, they don't want the financial uh, coaching. It's that they don't yet know they need it. So your job as the business owner is to set the frame that here's why this is an important criteria. So mathematically, here's the formula. It's not just about X, though we are going to X. It's really about Y so that you can Z. I'll give the formula again. It's not just about X, though we are going to X. It's really about Y so that you can Z. So let's break this down in his example. It's not just about fixing your credit, though we are going to fix your credit. It's really about changing your emotional mind decisions around money so that you never need a service like mine again. As he landed that criteria, not only did he finally start to see the value of packaging together this bigger solution of a service and not charge the same as everyone else. Yet, as soon as he hit that criteria shift and the other person was with, in alignment with what he said, his words, it became a courtesy that he was telling them what they were going to spend, <laughs> which it's not, it's not just it's about giving you a few hypnotic language hacks, it's about communicating with your audience in such a way that they're now selling themselves into what you do.
0: And it is, and
1: it- while it's not about
0: really going <laughs> harmonic, it, although we will do that. So, that. so what was great about what you did there is, is you, you kind of did the, the redefined thing, mm-hmm. um, but you also said, although we will satisfy that too. Right. So, well, it's not really
1: about that, although we will do that. Which is where inside of this pattern, um, everyone loves a great under-promise, over-deliver. There you go. Here's a formula for doing that. Exactly. If you sell people what they want, and in the process of delivering what they want, give them what they need, you've achieved under-promise, over-deliver. And this yeah. pattern helps to do that. Let me highlight my two favorite words in that pattern, though. Okay. The two words, so that. All right. Okay. We, we are far too often in explaining our services to our clients hitting the uh, bullet points of features and benefits. And, you know, if it's the uh, coach, I hired a personal trainer a while ago uh, for the purpose of uh, we've not ever met in person. He designs my strength training that I do. He tells me the macronutrients to kind of hit in my nutrition. And he can see uh, in my app that I'm following his instructions. And we check in once a week. And it helped me to help me to stop bouncing from one program to another. Instead, here's the one thing I'm doing. So I bring him up because they mention, "Oh, and we have a proprietary app you also get."
0: I'm Mm -hmm. like,
1: "I've already bought an app that helps me track my weightlifting," and that was almost the reason why I didn't buy. I'm like, "You're you're giving me stuff I don't really need," and he organically hit this pattern that Dag Nabbit, I teach. Well, we have this proprietary app so that I can go in there for you and program the lifting and I can see it without you having to send it to me. I'm like, that's been the bottleneck of working with anyone before in this category. Mm -hmm. I So whatever you offer people, we're going to meet five times, install a cynical question in your brain of, so what? We're going to meet five times so that we can help you to resolve your problem and transition into living in the solution. You're going to get access to a digital library. Whoa! Said no one ever. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get access to a digital library, so that you have, um, you know, on-demand access to techniques to elevate your results and create other changes in your life. Right. So that record all of our meetings, so that you can revisit the strategies with a new set of goals. Yeah. Very. So anytime you offer a thing. Followed up with the two words so that, and again, this is how we start to pattern the language. So they're now selling into the, themselves. Beautiful.
0: And that's what I love about what you do, Jason. And I, I will take full credit for the way that you think having you took my sleight of mouth
1: class so many years ago. Um, and well, actually, and that. you you solidified a philosophy of mine Um we're uh, recording both audio and video right now. I know you produced uh, audio, uh, right. yet the opening chapter of a book that I wrote, which I'm holding up and you all can clearly hear it right now, uh, <laughs> I'll plug it smart. respectfully before you ask for the plugs because, hey, if you go to Amazon and buy Work Smart Business, I get a whopping $3.12 for every book sale. Oh, man. And, um, and you're yeah. still working? You still have to work? With you know, your... <laughs> I do it because I'm passionate, Doug, right? I mean, that's... We're not in it for the money. We're doing it for the Uh, (laughs) $3.12. No, but the opening chapter is a basic reframing thing that I just nicknamed the power of premise. That years of seeing clients, I would have people come in with the same reporting goal, with the same reporting background. And now that I'm retired, I want to lose weight. One guy's saying it's every reason it's going to be easy. One guy's saying it's every reason it's going to be hard. And it's not the criteria, it's not the experience around us, it's the perception that has to be shifted. And learning slide of mouth uh, from you helped to give the patterns to make that happen more consistently. Uh, in hypnosis trainings, they often would say, children are always in a state of hypnosis because they believe in magical things. And I heard that and I went, no. I can remember being four years old and not for the sake of being obstinate. Um, This is a good positive imprint. Luckily, I had the foresight to change my thinking. Uh, An ambulance drove by and I hear a family member say, you hear that? Someone's having the worst day of their life. Hmm. That's a positive message to a four-year-old little child. Hmm. And I remember that moment succinctly responding out loud. Or she might be having a baby. Or we had a family member who... Uh, went through some sort of, I forget if it was kidney or liver disease, and suddenly it was like a Thanksgiving dinner, and the phone rang, and the donor's ready, and he's in the taxi within five nice. minutes, wow. and I remember the sound of the ambulance, so nice. it's not the thing, it's the response to the thing, and the the learning of the various sleight-of-mouth patterns gave me a way to do that more intentionally, and I thank you for that. Well, yeah, and obviously you
0: were pretty gifted at it at four years old. Um, because what, one of the big things, one of the big strategies for sleight of mouth is to change the meaning of things. You know, what does that mean? What else could it mean? There's plenty of possible meanings that could be ascribed to that. It doesn't have to be that one. That's like, oh, somebody's having the worst day of their lives, or the last day of their lives. You know, <laughs> the worst and last day of their lives. No, lots of things that it could mean. Right, maybe that means that there's a sale at the donut shop, and this driver's <laughs> <laughs> I said ambulance. I said ambulance. Well, can you really tell if it's
1: an ambulance siren or a police siren? I don't think so. Apparently, the sounds are slightly different, but this is going to go off in some really long tangent. <laughs> uh, I had someone sign up for we do work smart hypnosis live. It's the hypnosis training that we do, and we had this guy, and the training typically brings in an audience where half of them are brand new to hypnotic change work, the other half maybe have come from what I know both you and I speak to uh, moving away from of a more scripted, more tightly bound protocol approach. So we get this audience that's looking for filling in the gaps. Plus we get a new audience, which is fun because um, the new audience comes in and goes, Oh wait, other people here have more experience. And I have to pull them aside to go, just watch. They have some patterns to unlearn. (laughs) You're the blank slate. You're going to get this faster They're going to have to learn some things along the way. Yet we had this guy, JD, uh, who it's like the second day of class. And I had to pull him aside to go, wait, you've trained in this before, right? And um, he's from the part of Virginia where they don't talk like I do. Enough said. And uh, (laughs) well, sir, you know, I think I got skills that are pretty similar to this. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I've never studied this at all but I'm a firefighter. I'm a paramedic. I'm an ENT. I'm a first responder. And I bounce around these different roles because it's a small County. And he goes, I realized early on, whatever I say, when I show up to the scene of an accident, whatever I say, it's what you've already called yesterday as the prestige suggestion. whatever I say is going to stick. And my job is to get them to an appropriate level of medical care To then get to where they need to go next. Oh, my goodness. And he goes, when I look at someone and say, hey, don't worry about this. The worst is over. Help is on the way. We'll get you patched up here quickly. And in my head, I'm thinking they're never going to get that leg reattached.
0: Right.
1: He goes, when I say, hey, no problem. Worst is over. We're going to get you to where you need to be to be all patched up. He goes, I have to believe it more than they will. Huh. And I go, you may have your certificate now. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And where where do I sign up for your course? Which is where, um,
1: yes, we often get you know um, massage therapy people. We've somehow cornered the market on dental hygienists with arthritis who want to keep helping people but can't do the dental work. Uh, yet the uh, real backgrounds are an audience that's not listening: barbers and bartenders. It's like my background in stage management and professional theater. I had to take actors, directors, designers, and backstage technicians and make them all play along and get together. There was my psychological training. Uh, bartenders, barbers. Yeah. Wow. You ready? You, ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just speaking about the
0: uh, first responders thing, there's a book called um, The Worst is Over by Judith, yeah. G- uh, Judith Prager. Singer- that's the classic singer. quote. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, the book is great. But if you just remember the title, you know, in those situations. <laughs>
1: there's, there's that one. There's the book, Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, uh, Well, they're talking about the uh, stress response that the zebra sees the lion charging, stops eating grass, and starts running. But when the zebra gets to safety, the zebra does something amazing. It goes back to eating grass. <laughs> if that was you or me, we'd start to strategize and go All into right. the anxiety pattern of, here's what I'm going to do in case, and we live in the problem. Great book, but the title title gets you there.
0: Yeah, that'll get you there. (laughs) Purple cow, you you got it. You know, I should know that one. You don't know the purple cow? No, no. Oh my gracious! Oh, you should know the purple cow. It's Um, getting out of the list. but, But again, it's one of those books I can pretty much describe the whole thing in a few sentences i'll show you um imagine you're in a place like where i'm living right now out in the country and and you and you haven't been here before and you're driving along and you see like this farm with cows and you go like oh wow look cows but then you drive you know several more miles maybe 20 maybe 30 maybe 100 more miles and you see lots and lots of cows and pretty soon you're going like if i see another fucking cow <laughs> but if you see a purple cow and yeah. you go like, whoa, right? So a purple cow is that person in, in business who has set his or herself apart from oh, the nice, competition, yeah. that there's there's that unique, literally actually unique
1: selling proposition. Well, now that you said that, there's three places that people can do this. And you know the reality is we often, anyone you hear who goes on the internet and talks about business, the sort of default is pick a niche, pick a specialty, and... I now, my audience are primarily people. I still see clients. It takes a different shape now because they're joining a private mastermind community that has group consulting in it, but also there's some one-to-one time. Uh, That's where I'm able to no longer teach specific methods in real time. I can say, hey, um, we've changed the way that I work with people and that you're going to receive this library. Wait for it. You're going to receive this library so that, (laughs) I know, right? You're you're going to receive this library So, that you can revisit some of the methods I'll share with you time and time again. Because respectfully, I realized there's a core of like five or six methods I teach people as I help them out. And after doing something a couple of thousand times, I fell into the pattern of how we made it consistently work. So, rather than use your paid time with me to teach you stuff that I've already captured, I may give you some homework assignments between when we meet so that you can continue to amplify the results which allows us to get even more specific in our time together. Beautiful. So with that became the phrasing of how I could then duplicate myself and create greater impact. And it's there so that even after we work together, you can apply these principles to other goals. Uh, My audience shifted uh, a number of years ago. (laughs) I was on stage at a event. I was speaking on personal development things themes at a business conference. So I was, I was the purple cow at that event uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh, and used to say unicorn, but now I think we're going purple cow because okay. everything in my business is purple. I noticed um, your sure is purple and people at home can't see that, but. Uh. Because well, we look at either um, jasonlinette.com. Don't worry about the spelling. I own every misspelling and they all point to the right place <laughs> or work smart hypnosis. That one's easy to spell. And uh, it's a bit of an anchor for me. Yeah. Um, it's a digital media empire. And that's where that.
0: Do do you you owe any
1: of that to Milton's influence? uh, That's a nice, happy coincidence. Okay. Yet what happened was, and I didn't ever decide that was going to be part of the branding. Yet friends of ours were at a convention years ago giving away free t shirts to their students, and they were purple. And the most common question they got was, is Jason Lynette okay with this? (laughs) And it was this moment of going, okay, I guess that's what I (laughs) do now. I guess that's me. Yeah. Which the joke was, I got 20% of every shirt. (laughs) they were giving them away for free um we were about to go to something deeply me oh niching down so thank you i slipped in my presentation and i forgot my words i'm normally tightly rehearsed opening 60 seconds tightly rehearsed closing the middles bullet points and we oftentimes can teach things that we know well enough that that's safety to uh let's say it artistically let our subconscious fill in the gaps Didn't work that day. I forgot where I was. And out of my mouth fell the phrase. It's like that moment where you know your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. You're talking to this person who you are certain that you can help them resolve their issue. And even they are agreeing that it sounds great, yet there's still something missing and they're not taking that next step. And this event was in Colorado where they don't really have much of a history of earthquakes, but I swear there was a tectonic shift as when I said, your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words. The entire room leaned in. Oh, cool. And in my head, I went, that's what I'm doing now. And yeah. that's launched the other side right. of it. So, and as much as my clients now, so I still do the work as the one-to-one hypnotist. It's more of a boutique concierge level service because they're getting access to some other things. Uh, The other origin story to this before I explain the strategy of this was when I had been speaking of these themes at wellness conferences already. And I had a chiropractor come in, fear of public speaking. And we start to work with each other. It's our second meeting. And she shows up to the second session with a printout of her presentation. Her goal was hey, there's a specific sp- style of client that I want to work with that is willing to pay out of pocket rather than insurance. And I'm running into some challenges with the insurance model. My current patients are now falling into this category, which by experience became her specialty. And so the strategy was talk to these, I'll shorten the story, talk to these athletic groups and then introduce what she w- does, do a demo, do a Q&A, and that's how she got her patients You would think so, but terrible fear of public speaking. That's why she was in front of me. Mm -hmm. It's the second meeting and she shows up with a printout of her talk. And I'm looking at her going, what's up with that? She goes, well, I found a video of you online speaking at that uh, convention out in Vegas. And you were talking about crafting a message to have people wanting more from you. So every part of the video sells the next step of continuing to listen. So it's not the game of it's this five minute video that they watch what they call a bounce rate. They watch the first 10 seconds and they back out. How do you craft the narrative of the video so people are listening the entire way through and see the value in what you do and hear the offer and are motivated to take action? Could you look at my talk? Uh, Doug, the moment was going, that's not what I do. But as soon as I turn the first page, It's not until the second page that she launches into this story, almost of the style of my guy with the fear of public speaking, resolving the sleep, the family dynamic, this deeply touching story that is not just that this person was out of pain. It's here's what she was able to do, and here's how she was suddenly the most active and most fit in her senior group that she was a member of. And as soon as I saw this, like, oh, Wait a minute. Okay. So move this story to the beginning. Mm -hmm. You're telling the story in the past tense, bring them in the room, activate the visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic, have them feel the experience. Here's the ways to take the story where someone could hear that and go, yeah, but I'm 28 years old and I'm a runner. That's not about me. Here's the mechanism of how you can take that story and suddenly, with the right language implemented properly, make the story about everybody in the room. And it's what in the comedy world they call punch up. They go through a script in the final phases and find places to improve it. Yeah. And over time, because that's what I started doing, because she was the first, that became what the business was. Now I give that as a background to really the answer around niching down. Because that puts me in a unique position where other things will call. As soon as you call out the specialty, the fear would be they're not going to come to me for other stuff. And the answer is no, they'll come to you even faster. Yes, absolutely. But it's where a general example, and I have three of these right now. So uh, you're so vain; you probably think this podcast is about you. Uh, (laughs) I have three people I'm working with right now that are nurses, looking to kind of climb up, you know, the responsibility ladder in their hospitals. One came in first. He then referred to other friends in different geographic areas, and that becomes a really fun dynamic to say, "Hey, you watched a video on my website about." building up unstoppable confidence as a digital marketer. And yet you're a nurse wanting to take on a leadership role. That's clearly not exactly what I do yet. You must have seen something that inspired you to reach out to me. What was it? And whatever answer they give, they're feeding you their decision-making criteria Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's back to value elicitation. We just have to align with that. As long as we do align with that, you have a choice. You could be the person who says, "Nope, that's the only thing I do," or, "All right, well, you sold me. Here's how it works," and then we nice. work together. Very so nice. it's we can call out that thing, yeah. yet that thing is the ability to then amplify to an audience, and we can expand or we can be the one thing to people. Yeah, beautiful, Jason.
0: Listen, uh, I know we're out of time, and I just I want to respect your time. I do want to say that uh, for people who are listening who don't know this, I I have been since the beginning, having all of these transcribed. So the, uh, the transcriptions of these podcasts live on my website, the essential coaching skills, beautiful.com central coaching skills.com. And, and um, it's a very cool, I don't know if you've ever seen this kind of thing. It's very cool transcript, but if you go to the transcript and, you know, click on any of the words that you want to, it takes you right to the podcast so you can listen to it from that point forward. It's very cool. Um, So some of these gems that Jason is just sort of like putting out there, if you want to figure out what they are, (laughs) go there and read them because they'll be there when you listen to this. By the time you listen to this podcast, they'll be there for you to to read it and listen if you want to. But my goodness gracious, this is uh, everything I'd hoped for and more. Tell me one more time, the, uh, the two names of the two podcasts that you have.
1: You know what? I'll send everybody to a much easier resource. Okay, which cool. Give you. I, I kind of told the story around this, so let's share it. Uh, I let's take everything Doug just said and let's give a slight backstory to it. Okay. Where my messaging got refined. Was in the early years of my business, going out and doing real-time live business networking, and to show up at the networking event and give my little thirty-second, sixty-second pitch. That's how I got real-time feedback. If I said it this way, no one talked to me after the meeting. If Mm -hmm. I said it that way, I had a line of people. And over time, I would go in and, let's date the story, I'd have the little Olympus mini cassette recorder in my suit jacket pocket, and I'd record what I said and be able to track, this one worked, model it. This one didn't work, scrap it. (laughs) And so what you hear, sometimes that sounds smooth. Look at that arc of how we learn. We begin with what we don't yet know is what we don't yet know. And then it becomes natural by doing it. So the rest of the story that leads up to this resource was once the messaging was dialed in, amateur changes their act, professional changes their audience. That's when I started capturing my elevator pitches as videos on my various websites. And that's what took the business Globally. Now, what we did though was I kept looking for what's the formula, what's the formula, and we unpacked it into something I now call the video influence system, which how long should the video be as long as it sustains attention? You can do all seven steps of this video influence strategy in 45 seconds to a minute's time. You could also use the same formula and do an entire one hour webinar presentation. Yet, by mapping, how do we gather the attention? How do we increase expectation? How do we not introduce ourselves at the wrong time? Yes, that was an intentional double negative. How do we instead introduce ourselves at the right moment so that you'll hear this formula later on? How do we invite our audience to care before we ever ask them to listen? Where every step of the communication is logically leading to the next step. So not only do they hear the end of your message, but they also understand the value and are inspired to take action based on your offer. Uh, I hinted at this earlier, people misspell my last name. So we picked up jasoninfluence.com. And that's easy to spell. If you go to jasoninfluence.com, it gives you on-demand access to this video influence system training, seven steps. And I give you an encouragement ahead of time, start with it as a framework. And that's gonna help people to get up and running and increase that confidence in your messaging. Though at the same time, after you've tested it for yourself, If you have specific adjustments, oh, I want to swap part three and four. If that fits, that's now in alignment with your messaging and you're going to project that with better confidence. So uh, as we like to say, never, ever, ever use absolutes. (laughs) And uh, that's a free on-demand training. Again, it's jasoninfluence.com. That'll bring you into the world of everything else and take the podcast here.
0: Fantastic. Jason,
1: thank you so much for your time. Incredibly valuable. I appreciate it. And it's good to see you. Should I briefly uh, share my testimonial of your work now that we're here and capturing it? Sure, this? why not? <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that smile in Doug's voice? Uh, so I have two children. Uh, my daughter, Claire, is at the time of this recording about to turn 11 years old and uh, two months. My son, Max, is about to turn uh, nine years old and about two months as well. At the first ultrasound, they almost had the same birthday. Um, My wife goes, what happens if both kids have the same birthday? And the answer was, from my head, in April. Oh, it means we really like July. (laughs) Do the math. (laughs) And it turns out, Doug O'Brien's work is life changing. Because the (laughs) night I graduated from Doug's sleight of mouth training turned out to be the night that Max came into uh, existence not yeah. that he was born but nine no, months yes. earlier that was a July yes. training so Doug thank you yes sincerely. Very he exec, so, so uh, anyway. yes yeah. so,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. so I was able to help Jason be influential enough to
1: have a nice night with I'm trying to find all the worst uh, <laughs> phrases I can do if you've had the goal of conceiving Uh, wonderful language patterns (laughs) and giving birth to strategies that can help many, many clients. Doug O'Brien is your
0: (laughs) There you go. On that note, I'll say goodbye. Thanks Uh, so much. (laughs) Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.